Good morning. Are you ready for the word? I, I hope I am too. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. Last night we had a combined youth event at Renew Church, which was really cool to be a part of. Um, we, there's a whole lot of uh, smoke and lights and they had the Equippers uh, Revolution Band up from Auckland and just a whole lot of things put together to um, create an atmosphere for youth to encounter God and man was it cool. I mean, let alone all of the, the fancy stuff, God's presence was there and worship was just so free, people dancing, um, getting, getting free of any chains or shame and that kind of thing and I think we had at, at least 10 uh, recommitments or new salvations um, with the guest speaker there which is so cool as well. God is on the move. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Um, So this morning, I actually want to talk about healing, about a healing touch. Um, And so I'm just going to pray to open up or to start off this morning. So why don't you join with me? Father, we just invite your presence to come and fill us right here and right now. God, I thank you for what you've done already in the service, in the worship, the freedom that you've brought. And Father, I just pray for a, a double portion right now. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I just say uh, whatever you want to say, whatever Holy Spirit wants to speak, God, I just ask that that um, be so loud, be so obvious this morning that every person captures it. Father, I pray that uh, your wisdom, your truth, your power will remain in our hearts and in our minds long after today. God, I just ask for your Spirit to to give us wisdom to understand. Hmm. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, got your notebooks out? Yes, some, maybe? Okay, maybe that's just me. Um, okay, this morning, what, what kind of healing am I talking about? Let, let's go straight into the Bible. In Acts 3, verse 1 to 8, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Where he, would be, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When, we, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he held him up, helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Come on. That's the sort of healing I want to talk about this morning. That's what I want us to go after, to dive into, hopefully unpack a little bit more, because I believe that this isn't just a, meant for, to be a story that we read about, but it's actually something that's just supposed to set us up to see that and even more today, here and now, right? So... Let's, let's go after that a little bit. I mean, firstly, our bodies are, are incredibly miraculous, right, in the way that they are able to heal themselves, that God has designed us to be able to uh, look after ourselves well in, in our physical body, in our minds, and in our spirits. Um, but this morning, let's focus more on uh, how God has actually made a way for us to be instantly healed, and that it's not actually not as hard as we may think. So Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. 
This is talking about how when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just a, a one-part deal where after we die, we get to go to heaven. No, it's, it's a two-part deal. This is how I like to think about it. It's a two-part. There's, there's two parts to the gospel message. The first is the part we know so well where, we, where if we've, all of us have sinned and fallen short of who God has called us to be, and ultimately the, the punishment or what sin deserves is death. But Jesus made a way for our sins to be forgiven, and he took that punishment upon himself so that we could receive eternal life. We all know this, yes? Amen? Come on, the good news. But also, not just that, as incredible and amazing and unbelievable that is, there's so much more. The second part is that he made a way for us to live free of sickness and disease, free from the work of the enemy. All sickness comes from the devil. God is 100% good, and it is impossible for sickness to come from him. Yes, he can turn around sickness to benefit us, but that doesn't mean that it's from him. Okay, look at the story of Job in the Bible. How, how many of us know the story of Job? If you don't, feel free to read the book of Job. The, the only mention of where all of his trials and tribulations came from was that it was from the devil. God is the ultimate healer. God's heart, the heart of God is to heal everyone that has pain or sickness. That is what heaven is. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. Heaven is where God reigns, where his, his will is, is completely supreme. And John 5 verse 19 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. In um, the prayer meeting before church this morning, uh, John mentioned that exact verse, he, he talked about how God, he was, he was praying like, God, I pray that we can see what you are doing, what the Father is doing, so that we can be in tune with him, so that we can capture his heart, because when we're in line with him, we've, we've got the power, we've got the authority, we've got the faith to go with the words. Jesus came to reveal the will of God. Jesus healed every single person that came to him, revealing so clearly and obviously to us that the will of God is to heal. Yes? Yeah. And uh, I mean, a bit on a side note, the, the ultimate goal of healing and all of these miracles and, and that kind of thing, the, the ultimate goal is intimacy with God. Yes, we don't, we don't pursue the miracles and signs and wonders separate of God. That is a, a stepping stone or, or a way towards God. Yes, that is to drive us towards Him. So, I mean... Uh, most of you know that I went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in America and when I was 21. And the main reason, basically 80% of the reason I went was I want to see signs and wonders. Like, basically, unconsciously, I was like, I need proof that God's real. <laughs> but what I found was, was so much more than, than signs and wonders. And actually, in the first six months of school, I didn't really see that much physical miracles. Um, but very quickly, in the first month even, I realized that intimacy with God is a million times better than any kind of signs and wonders and miracles. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, this is a topic I'm super passionate about, about physical healing, and that is accessible to us today, but even greater than that is intimacy with God. So, let's go after it. How, how, do, we, how do we actually heal the sick? How do we, how do we step into that? And notice I, I said heal the sick, not just pray for the sick. Matthew 10 verse 8 talks about how he's, 
he, uh, we are commanded to heal the sick, not just pray for them. Yeah? That us as, as believers, as sons and daughters of the living God, we have the authority that Jesus had. Yeah? With him living on the inside, we're partnering with that authority. So we are called to not just pray for them, but heal them. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he gained all authority over death and anything that leads to death. In other words, sickness and pain. And when we surrender our lives to God, we are inviting him into our hearts and partnering with him in life. And so we now have that, that same authority. Yes? How many of you believe it? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Matthew 9 verse 18 to 26 says, While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to... This is a, two stories within one, okay? So pay attention. When Jesus... Uh, just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue's leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away. The girl is not dead, but only asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. So uh, are you, let's paint this picture a little bit deeper, shall we? Jesus is super busy on the way somewhere, got a goal in mind, and there's somebody comes up to him and you might say interrupts and pulls him aside, and immediately Jesus is like, you know, compassionately wants to go and find this girl. And, I mean, even when they came to him, her father was like, now she's dead, <laughs> but if you put your hand on him, on her, she will live. And so their faith was already there. Um, so what I want to encourage you with is that, um, notice that, that Jesus never begged God or asked God to heal the daughter. He knew that God wanted to heal her, so while partnering with God's authority, he told her to get up. He commanded her body to wake up. In the same way, we should command healing. Speaking from a place of authority over sickness and death. It's not trying to command God what to do, it's commanding the devil to get up. That is what God empowers us to do. That is why he gave us the authority. The other thing I want to highlight is that, they, that, is that they took action. In both situations, they got up and did something with their faith. Jesus went to the daughter and took her by the hand. But even before that, the daughter's father came out to find and sought, sought Jesus. And the bleeding woman pushed through the crowd and reached out. Healing needs faith, and faith looks like action. It looks like risk. Jesus had to be willing to potentially have a whole room of people offended and hurt by him. But not only that, have a, potentially have a whole room of, of people laughing at him. I mean, how many of us would be willing, willing to risk that? If you put your hand up, awesome, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bleeding, the bleeding woman was risking everything just to touch Jesus' garment. 
risking her life. If she hadn't been healed, she would have been found out and killed for being in public, for being around people. This morning, I want to encourage you to receive salvation if you haven't already, so that together we can take another step towards Jesus and receive this gift of healing. So I feel like even now there's some people this morning that may feel like, no, that's, that's not actually something for me, that healing is just for a select few or the people that really want it, that, that kind of thing. But actually, we're all called to have this be a part of our everyday. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 says, God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues, a whole list of things. And then it goes on to say, 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly, des- eagerly desire to be prophetic. Eagerly desire to heal. Eagerly desire to, to teach. All of these things are, are available to us with the Holy Spirit. We have access because when the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Let's open up our eyes even wider to the reality of what God has made available to us and choose to grow in these areas. We've got to be intentional. And we, we all know how to grow, right? It takes practice. Practice, practice, practice. I mean, in normal everyday life in the sports team, if you want to get better or if you want to get better at playing guitar or things like that, you've got to practice, right? So what I, I, as a teenager, at least, I thought, oh, no, when Holy... When, God's presence comes upon me will just be easy and automatic. No, it's the same sort of thing with God often. Sure, there may be situations where God sovereignly comes in and blows our minds, but I, I believe that there are a lot of things that take intentionality and take practice, and that's the same as growing these gifts in ourselves. We've got to practice. So how many, how many of you know that you're much more likely to see someone healed if you actually pray for people? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you may be sitting there like, I've never seen somebody healed. I'm like, how many people have you prayed for? Now, I don't just mean quietly in your room. That's awesome and powerful. But also, how many of you boldly stepped out in faith and put a hand on somebody and declared that they were, they'll get healed? How many of you have been like Peter and, and helped people up to, to activate the healing or to, for them to receive the healing? We've got to put our faith into action. What does it look like to pray for somebody that needs healing? What, what can we expect? Uh, I've, I've got a couple of stories that I could share, but I might save that for a little bit later. But God's heart, uh, sorry. So, I mean, it's not always easy. Okay, it's very often not so easy. Um, there, there's one story I remember in, uh, while I was in America. We went on a day ministry trip to Chico, um, and so we, we went into the, the main mall there and just basically a whole lot of shops and not very many people on this day. I think that it was just a, an everyday, middle of the day kind of thing. Um, and we were a team of about five people. We would go around in, in pairs or even by ourselves sometimes just seeing, asking Holy Spirit if there's, if there's people that uh, he wants to highlight to us to pray for. Um, and often it would would just kind of ask anybody that comes along or whoever we passed by. Um, but this one situation, I remember I approached this gentleman that was definitely at least this high and this wide. And uh, in my place of growing and learning, very intimidating. 
Um, and so I was already very nervous, and I remember going up to him and being like, I was just wondering if you'd like some prayer. And he said, what? <laughs> and, and I said it again, and he said, what? Again, because I was still <laughs> very quiet. Um, and eventually he understood what I said, and he said no very boldly, very sternly. Um, and I was like, okay, no problem, have a great day, and walked away. And that sort of situation left me initially discouraged um, because I was like, oh, that hurt to be rejected. And then when I was walking away and processing with God, I was like, I just turned that situation around to be about me when actually my whole motivation was to be about the other person. And why, my, if anything, I should be feeling hurt that that person missed out on an encounter with God. And so, let's not be selfish, <laughs> yeah, when we're praying for people, that it is out of compassion, it's got to be out of compassion. In all of my, my street ministry, in all of my stepping out in random situations, I would say that people have, have always been more open to receiving prayer than I thought they would be. It's true. It's funny how even the, the odd time when I've had a painful rejection, it can take precedent in my mind above 20 situations that were awesome. <laughs> Why? Because I've, I've let that memory be more present in my mind. I've pondered on that one more than all the times that God has, has come through. So we've got to take every thought captive, like the Bible says, yeah? And remember the testimony of God's goodness. Another situation where I was, I was in South Africa, in Durban, and our, our ministry team were just going around different parts of the city, and I, I was in this park area, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a couple of guys sitting on a park bench, and one of them had this um, gaping open wound on the front of his right shin, and I remember being like, having this thought to myself, just pretend I didn't see that, because then I don't have to go pray for them, because, <laughs> because unconsciously I was like, I've got faith to like heal a headache or you know a pain in the shoulder or something, but an open wound to close, mm-mm, I don't know, nope. <laughs> um, but my friend, I did mention it, and my friend came with me, and we prayed for this young man. Um, and uh, I mean, it, let me talk you through the whole process so you're just getting a bit of an idea. I approached the young man, asked, uh, explained why I was there, that I'd come from America or New Zealand. Um, on a mission, ministry trip to hopefully introduce people to, to God, but asking if I wanted to pray for him, um, if, I, if they want me to pray for him, sorry. And um, he said, yeah. So I asked if I could put my hand on his knee just to be close to the wound, because um, the Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, amen. Um, and I asked if he had pain out of zero to ten, what kind of scale, as in how bad is it, ten being excruciating, and he said eight out of ten, um, and makes sense because it was it was open and not looked after and quite gross. Um, but uh, I put my hand on his knee and I prayed for him um, and took twenty seconds just declaring um, healing and and believing for that, commanding pain to leave in Jesus' name. Um, and initially, I, I asked straight away if there was any change, and he said, with moving it around, he said that it was five out of ten. Um, and so I asked if, we could, if I could pray again. And you guys know that even Jesus had to pray twice, yeah? So it's okay if we need to pray more than once. And 
Sometimes we need to pray for a month, you know, or sometimes 21 days of fasting and praying. <laughs> yeah? But, um, oh, I just thought of something else, but I'll get to that later. Um, so I prayed again, um, and he said, all the pain completely left. So he got up and jumped on it and tried to find the pain. It didn't make any sense at all because the wound didn't close up. It stayed open and looked very painful, but everything, I I, yeah, it was very, very trippy. Um, and so, yeah, so God can show up in the middle of a random place in South Africa and through some people that had no idea really what they were doing. <laughs> if he can use us, he can use you, yeah? Um, the, the thing I just remembered was, um, Chris Vallotton was recently talking in one of his sermons about how having faith the size of a mustard seed isn't about necessarily the size of your faith at the moment. It's how long that faith will last. It's like if you have faith the size of a mustard seed for a year long, that is some incredible faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed for your whole life, following Jesus your whole life, incredible, 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 incredible. To me, that was encouraging. I hope that was to you anyway. Um, <laughs> one of the other things I did at, at Bethel was I was, in the, I was serving in the healing rooms, which is where on a Saturday morning they would open up the, the church to specifically pray for people that needed physical um, healing. And we would have between 400 to 700 people come through the healing rooms within a four-hour period on a Saturday morning. And at least 70% of every person that came through the, the healing rooms was completely healed, or whatever they, whatever they came in with. Yeah? So, uh, that, I mean, to say that is, like, uh, just kind of even unbelievable now for me to, to feel that, uh, to, to declare that, but that's the truth. And I don't know exactly how they managed to have this, oh, this anointing, this power of God in that place, the faith, um, but it's true. Um, and one of the things that I think was so powerful about that was that we would pray in groups. We would, we would as a leadership team or as a prayer team, would set the atmosphere so that when people were coming in with their sickness, with their depression, with anxiety, with their fear, um, they, they would have to submit to the atmosphere or the kingdom of God that was in that room, which was of hope, which was of peace, which was of healing, which was of power. Yeah, and so I want to encourage you that even in your in your in your household, in your schools, in your classrooms, whatever it is, your work situation, set the atmosphere, take authority over the atmosphere, invite Holy Spirit to come and dwell in that place, to have a be a place of peace and power and love. Yeah, but the other thing, additionally to that, was that we would pray in teams of three. So if you're ever feeling nervous about praying for somebody, grab somebody else, grab a friend. Grab, even if it's, I mean, especially if it's somebody that you feel like is bolder than you or stronger, get them to come with you. <laughs> yeah? Uh, a week and a half ago, a week and a half ago? Maybe two weeks ago. At youth group, we had um, a night where we prayed after, went after, after some healing as well. And we had three people, Zayden, Gemma, and put on the last name, who had uh, either sore hand or sore wrist, and they had, two of them had 8 out of 10 pain, one of them had 6 out of 10 pain, and 
almost all of their pain left. So they, it went down to a one or a two for the three of them. And I remember Gemma, she had injured it in netball and wasn't able to close her hand at all. It was just swollen and that kind of thing. But God, we, we prayed for her and she got full movement back and only a little bit of pain left. So I'm, I'm telling you these stories from overseas and travels and that kind of thing, but God is just as much working here or available here as he ever has been. Yeah? So let's, let's go after it even more here. It's all about faith. Believe in the power of God that, that he wants to flow through you. He can use you just like he's used me and just like he used Jesus. We've got to let our love motivate us, not fear. Fear wins every time that we, uh, we're like, oh no, that's too scary to go and pray for that person. Or what, if, what will they think about me if, I, if it doesn't come through? We've got to have the faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that were thrown into the furnace. And before that happened, they, they said what? They said, gosh, mind blank. Even, <laughs> our God is faithful and he will look after us. And even if he doesn't, we will stand for him anyway. We've got to have that kind of faith that even if I get completely embarrassed, even if I get up in front of people and declare something to be true and it doesn't exactly look like it the way we thought it would, God is faithful anyway. I would do it anyway. We all have been given a measure of faith. And we can actually grow that. We can actually grow the faith that we've given. And we grow it by what? By practice. By using it. By being active in it. Yeah? By stretching it. All right. Let's go into a little bit more of the maybe practical things. How do we, in, in the healing rooms in America, I, we would run a class before people went in to receive prayer, and we would also run a class afterwards. Um, and the class beforehand was, how do, how do you receive your healing? And the class afterwards was, um, how, do we keep, how do you keep your healing? And so I want to let you guys know or summarize those classes just really quickly, so if you're taking notes, it's a good time to, t- to write things down. Because um, to me, it's such a, such a powerful thing to not just have a, an encounter or miracle with God, but actually to have the knowledge to, uh, or understanding of what happened, how it happened, and how we can reproduce that. Because, you see, God has, hasn't given us this authority or this power, um, this encounter, healing with God, whatever it was, um, just for you, but it's for others as well for you to then share as well, okay? So the first one is how do we receive healing? Don't put God in a box. Invite God in to do whatever he wants to do. It's got to be God's way, not our way. He is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's the one with the best plan, the best way of doing it, whatever it looks like. I've had times when God has asked me, when praying for people, he's, <laughs> he's given me a picture of the person dancing or jumping up and down when one of the situations, it was a very, very painful leg. <laughs> and I proposed the idea to the person, and they're like, yeah, whatever it takes to get my head, whatever God says, I'll do it. And so they would, they would dance, and the miracle would come. The healing would come. Why? Because they activated their faith. Because we did it God's way, not our way. Don't try to earn it or pray hard enough to get it. Healing is not something you can earn. Just have faith. 
Get others to pray for you. Humble yourselves. Sometimes it can be the, the most humbling thing to realize that there's a whole lot of people around you that, that care about you and would be willing to pray for you. Get others to pray for you. Don't rely on your own, own, uh, own faith, your own strength, especially when you're in time sickness. Don says this all the time. Get others to pray with you. Don't focus on what might be stopping you or, or holding you back from getting healed. Just have faith. You are a son or daughter of the King of Kings, and sickness has no authority to stay. Where the Holy Spirit dwells, sickness can't dwell with it. How do we keep our healing? Sometimes our, our physical bodies get healed, but not our minds or spirit. In other words, we, we may have gotten so used to having that injury that as soon as we're out of the spiritual environment or a couple of moments after we pray even, we, we actually resort back to what we were used to. And if we are expecting our, our leg to continue to hurt, then we make room for that pain to come back. Once our healing becomes our physical reality, it needs to also become our spiritual and mental reality, that we step into that with faith. Sometimes physical damage can just be a symptom of an emotional, spiritual in injury. And if we don't get the root of an issue healed, the symptoms can just come back. Stand in faith. Stand in faith. Hold on to faith. Even if you feel a niggle come back or the pain or slightly come back, declare, no, I've been healed by the power of Jesus. Faith isn't measured by how big it is. It is measured by how long it lasts. Declare. Declarations have incredible power that, that as a son or daughter, the authority of the Father is, are on your words. And to the measure that you are responsible with your words is the measure of authority that you will have. So declare truth. There were times in my life where to get free of lies or to get free of um, pain or these kinds of things, I actually had to, clear, had to write truth on my mirror so that every day I would declare these truths. Get mentorship or counseling. Everyone should automatically, all the time, have mentorship. It is one of the best things you could do for yourselves. Find a mentor, be a mentor, help each other out, talk about the real nitty-gritty, ask questions like, what are you doing with your life? How are you setting yourselves up for success? How are you going to get there? All these kinds of things. Another important thing is sharing your testimony, sharing what God did in your life. Sometimes we can be like, oh, I got healed, but it might not work or it might not last, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. And then if it comes back, I don't have to be embarrassed or that kind of thing. No, declare what God has done. That is, what is, going, that is part of activating your faith. It's part of, a, I mean, if, I mean, there's a little bit in me that's like, if you, keep, if you keep your healing all to yourself, then why would God heal you again? I mean, yes, he cares for you, but it's more than just about you. Your healing isn't just for you. When we experience a miracle and then tell others about it, it creates a new standard in that environment. So even in your workplaces, you share a testimony of God's goodness, of His love, or of His miraculous power. That's, even if it just, all it does is begin, uh, encourage people to ask questions about God. That is setting a new standard. That is bringing light into that situation. 
It is communicating to others that if God can do it for them, he can do it for me too. One of my, uh, here's a really awesome quote from Bill Johnson. It says, It is inconsistent to have Jesus pay the price for healing and for us to believe it is not God's intention to heal. Just let that sit with you for a moment. (laughs) It is inconsistent. It is so clearly illogical. It is inconsistent. It is wrong to have Jesus pay the price for healing and for us to believe that it isn't God's intention to heal. Could the band join me? Awesome, talented, powerful, anointed youth band. Mostly youth band. (laughs) Let me wrap up with a testimony from one of my heroes. Have many of you heard of um, John G. Lake? A few? Okay, awesome. You'll probably want to research some more after I read you this. (laughs) The testimony of John G. Lake during the bubonic plague. Faith belongs to the law of life. Faith is the very opposite of fear. Faith has the opposite effect in spirit and soul and body. Faith causes the spirit of man to become confident. It causes the mind of man to become restful and positive. A positive mind rebels disease. Consequently, the emanation of the spirit destroys disease germs. And because we are in contact with the spirit of life, I and the little Dutch fellow with me went out and buried many of the people who had died from the bubonic plague. We went into the homes and carried them out, dug the graves and put them in. Sometimes we put three or four in one grave. We never got the disease. Why? Because of the knowledge that the law of life in Christ Jesus protects us. That law was working. Because of the fact that a man, by the action of his will, puts himself purposely in contact with God, faith takes possession of his heart and the condition of his nature is changed. Instead of being fearful, he is full of faith. Instead of being absorbent and drawing everything to himself, his spirit repels sickness and disease. The spirit of God, the spirit of Christ Jesus flows through the whole being and emanates through the hands, the heart, and from every pore of the body. During that plague that I mentioned, they sent a government ship with supplies and corps of doctors. One of the doctors sent for me and said, what have you been using to predict yourself? Our core has protection, but we concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as long as you have and keep, and keep ministering to the sick and burying the dead, you must have a secret. What is it? I answered, Brother, that, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe that just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me, for the spirit of God will kill it. He asked, don't you, <laughs> it gets better, don't you think that you had better use our protection? I said, no, but doctor, I think that you would like to experiment with me. If you will go over to one of these dead people and take the foam that comes out of their lungs after death, then put it under a microscope, you will see masses of living germs. You will find they are alive until a reasonable time after a man is dead. And you can fill my hand with them and I will keep it under the microscope. And instead of these germs remaining alive, they will instantly die. They tried it and found it was true. They questioned, what is that? I replied, that is the law of the spirit of life in in Christ Jesus. When a man's spirit and a man's body are filled with the blessed presence of God, it oozes out of the pores of your flesh and kills germs. 
you who are sick, put yourself in contact with, the God, with God's law of life. Read His Word with the view of enlightening your heart so that you will be able to look up with more confidence and believe Him. Pray that the Spirit of God will come into your soul and His power will make you well, that in the exercise of the law of Spirit of life in Jesus Christ. Come on. That is available to every single one of us. Now, I'm not saying go and be stupid. <laughs> the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes with a whole lot of wisdom too. But I'm saying let's step up in faith as well. Let's be bold when we're praying for others. Let's do it whatever it takes. Don't stop short of a radical encounter with God by being satisfied with good worship or a good word. Always press in for more. Always be hungry for more. These things are meant to lead us to an encounter with God, not replace it. Signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Amen. Let's be bold. Don't ever worry about having the right words to say, or if you have enough faith, just do it. Take the authority God has given you and speak to sickness and command it to go. That is how we go to greater heights and deeper depths in God.